Trailer Park Boys premiered on April 22nd, 2001 on Showcase. Let's put 22 minutes on the clock. Pilot study, Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows. But only the pilot episode that means the first show. In case you didn't know. Well, you never know what show they're going to talk about. But they're only going to talk about the first one. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study. My name is Chris Lantine and I'm your host and I'm joined as always by Grimes. Yes, sir. Ready to eat some chicken fingers and drink some liquor. They, you know, I'm disappointed. No chicken fingers in this episode. No chicken <laughs> chips. Um, we did we did get some smokes and some liquor, though. We did. So, uh, of course, today we are doing Trailer Park Boys, and considering we only have a 22-minute episode today, I'm going to get right into it. And I'm, the way I'm going to get into it is a little bit of the history of the show and how coming in, these characters are more so developed than you would find in any other pilot because of the depth and the amount of like pre-production material and releases they did. With It's almost like they adapted a movie to create this television show it's almost like you know like a modern day not in quality or tone or anything but like how fargo took the general concept of the the, uh the movie and the tone and adapted it into a television show the trailer park boys had a ton of material to take and kind of use as they went on so first up we had a 1995 i believe wow a 1995 short which was called cart boy (laughs) and this was focused around bubbles who is right. an interesting character in this episode, by the way. And it f- actually featured the guys who would end up playing Ricky and Julian. They were security guards in this short. So uh, Ricky played by Rob Wells, Julian by John Paul Tremblay, and Bubbles by Mike Smith all made an appearance in this short, but kind of as different characters. Bubbles is really the only one that they um, really focused on. And a-, a lot of the material from that short ends up being used for an episode. I don't know if you remember this episode, but... Bubbles is steal. Ricky is a security guard at the mall, so they took that plot point. And Bubbles is stealing carts and throwing them down the hill, and Ricky has to like make a choice between arresting him or letting him continue to do it and lose his job. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Okay, so when Ricky, one of his many attempts to clean his life up and go <laughs> legit. Yeah, so that's basically an expansion of the cart boy short now there was another one called the one last shot which has basically disappeared from the internet that was re- that was done in 1998 and that was another bit of pre-season one material and then the final one and the one they used to shop the series is like uh I, th- I guess it's like a movie length black and white thing which was done in 1999 i'm pretty sure and this whole thing and actually we took our promo last week from it is about how it basically introduces the characters and it like puts this really weird emphasis on um, killing animals for <laughs> some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Like in the very beginning of this pilot episode, it kind of carries that idea over because they're trying to shoot the dog, right? Yeah, the dog's barking and they're chasing it and then flash forward to jail. <laughs> yeah, they like have this standoff in the street with this guy that I believe they talk about in that black and white 1999 movie about how they're like telling him to step away from the dog and they have guns and <laughs> so it's very strange. 
Yeah, it's pretty weird from the start. The mo- the movie ends with they chase him to some abandoned area, never minding the fact they just shot someone. Ricky is looking and Patrick comes out and shoots him down. So there's like this gunfight in that 99 movie. And Julian gets the dog making a huge dramatic scene and he can't shoot it and he throws his gun backwards and it shoots the sound man, fires off. So <laughs> Julian's big emotional moment in this movie is that he doesn't shoot the dog. And Ricky's like making fun of him. And if you listen to our last episode, you can hear that clip at the end where they're talking about how Julian doesn't shoot dogs anymore and Ricky's had to pick up the slack. <laughs> Good which God. is which is insane. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would fly as easily today. No, so we and the pilot we start again in black and white to kind of carry over from that movie that they had previously done, and it's basically like a normal. And from there, it goes to like a normal pilot of Trailer Park Boys because they start in jail, getting out, of, getting out at the beginning of the season, and coming back to a park in disarray. How many times do they do that in the show? At least three that I can remember offhand, but probably more. Every time they come back, the park looks like it's been through Mad Max Thunderdome. It does, and it's all different parks, too, because like throughout filming, I, I guess some of the parks got sick of it or they couldn't yeah. shoot there anymore. A couple of them are different. And I like how within the first minute of this pilot, you get an oh my fuck from Ricky right off. <laughs> I think that's the first thing he says. <laughs> then you get a gunfight, and then they're in jail, like 60 seconds in. So it does sum up all that stuff you mentioned and set the tone for the whole series. So I guess we should kind of, if people have never seen this before, <clears throat> it's created and directed by a guy named Mike Clattenburg. And it's really a show about two con men slash prison regular attendees who are like probably drug dealers and other types of like, they're more so they're not really criminals. They're kind of like more like petty criminals, I guess. Would you agree with that? I would say that they are failing at being career petty criminals. (laughs) Right, right. They are failing career criminals who are always bouncing in and out of jail between that and a place called Sunnyvale, Sunnyville trailer park where they, the rest of the cast of characters resides. Now, one important thing about this pilot, if you, if you're kind of following along with us and you really don't, you've never seen this before is the character of bubbles has a weird spot in this pilot. What did you think about that use? And do you think this was just a, they didn't know how to use him yet? Because it eventually becomes a three header with Ricky, Julian and bubbles. But at this point it's not. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit weird. He's like ancillary, like any other character in this pilot, but you can, I mean, it's kind of a cheat knowing how it happens because I wouldn't have expected him to be so awesome, but he's kind of like the, heart i guess you would say he's mm-hmm. like the the i don't want to say he grounds anything because this is a very ungrounded unreal show but <laughs> um yeah i i liked him in it of course but i you know i have such an attachment to him as a character at this point it's hard for me to be objective mm-hmm. um another thing is that it is a handheld documentary style show and they never actually explain why the cameras are there, but if you do go back and you watch that black and white movie, which I think is available on the internet in some capacity, Julian hires the camera crew because like a psychic tells him he's going to die in a week, and so he wants to record his life and <laughs> like use it to dissuade other people from living that lifestyle. So... That's why that I guess that's why the camera crew is there. I'm not sure why they're still there, but they are there and 
You know, a couple things kind of bugged me about how they used the documentary crew in the beginning. Like, a lot of the really great charm is there, like, the sound, the boom mic, like, dipping into the screen. Yeah, And yeah. It, it being, like, very a very down and dirty style show. But, like, there's a couple of shots where the camera's, like, on the car. And they kind of lost that documentary feel for a second. And even, like, shots of, like, overhead of the park. Uh, they weren't a, they weren't as much of a slave to the concept as they probably should have been in that pilot. Yeah, they do go back and forth, and I just in general I don't want to get too sidetracked, but all these like mockumentary shows. I'm going to say The Office, Modern Family, Parks and Rec, and this. At least in The Office, they say like the American, well, the British too. They you see the documentary come out and what happens like. So many of them, they're just filming for no reason, just because it's a dumb style of TV that became popular. But this was before that, so. This but was, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. This was before I didn't that, like and, it. and I really, I feel like, I mean, once once they get the HD cameras at some point in the show's run, it really loses a lot of its charm. This this works because the equipment's so low budget. Right, it you, should be you, shitty. You could tell that like. They had they had to make it this way because they didn't have any money, and I right. like that style where it's kind of out of necessity and they have to kind of adapt and use that for comedy's sake. Yeah, it's not so polished. Um, right. It's not perfect looking. And yeah, I, I agree. The HD stuff later on definitely takes away. But um, and I think you know they kind of get famous, very famous throughout this, especially in Canada. I mean, these guys are like huge up there. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it doesn't, I mean, the show, It. I wouldn't say it gets worse. It just kind of repeats the same stuff. Like, they do get out of jail a lot. They do kind of like, like Ricky swears a lot, you know. But <laughs> I like it still. It's one of my favorite shows. I mean, at this at this moment, like, you would think that the pilot would be really rough because you'd have to develop these characters. But I like that they had all that pre-production material because these guys come in fully formed and know exactly how to work those characters. And the relationship between them and kind of the dialogue, like the, the Rickyisms are alive and well <laughs> right right out of the gate there. I mean, a Rickyism yeah. for anybody that hasn't watched is just him screwing something up. You can go to college and get your little PFD or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't care. Just remember, Leahy, what comes around is all around. I can't remember which one they use in this episode, but it's basically like one an episode where he says something that sounds completely stupid. And uh, I, I, there's definitely one in this episode, but it's escaping me. So let's get on to the plot of the episode, which is that as they were in jail and when they come back, the park is, of course, in disarray. And this time it's because a guy named Cyrus <laughs> has basically become the king of the park. He even makes somebody kiss his hand at one point. Yeah, Randy. And it's all because he has one nine millimeter gun. That's right. <laughs> he has one gun. Nobody else has a gun. He's taking complete control over everything. He's basically ruling over this land. Yeah, I looked it up, and in Canada, to get uh, you, they're not totally illegal to have your own personal weapon, but you have to go through a very strict and rigorous um, licensing process <laughs> with the government. So I have, I have a feeling he did not go through the licensing no, process. <laughs> because his dad handed him... Wasn't that his present for graduating grade seven or something? It was. Oh, I have so many Cyrus quotes. It's it's, it's amazing. They so they the safety always off. <laughs> yeah, the rumor is that he killed somebody in reform school. <laughs> he has a nine millimeter, and um, this is I think Corey and Trevor, and Corey and Trevor are characters that become amazing later in the series. But they they say that he thinks it's cool to live in the trailer park. 
So another big part of this episode is that Cyrus isn't from the trailer park. And as the episode goes on, they really try to build like this this family type community between the people that live there. And if you're not from there, you are an outcast and you're not as um it's like a it's like a common thread that all these people are poor and they like each other because of that. Yeah, they and don't have much else to lean on but each other. Cyrus not being from the park and having like a slightly fancy car, like it's still like a rusted out car, <laughs> but it's red and it looks fast. Yeah. He, he's, I mean, that's part of the reason why the community rallies behind Julian, who eventually gets him out of there. So I've always loved that part of the show where these guys do have like a little bit of a heart and it's basically all due to and attached to the fact that the trailer park is this community where people actually like each other for the most part. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we've talked about this a lot, like off mic. Um, it kind of shows. We, we don't talk off mic. <laughs> it kind of shows like they they are criminals, but it's because they're poor and they're stupid also because they're poor. I think they start, most humans start out on the right track. You know, you're born, right. you're whatever, parents well, are happy. You, you have some political thoughts about this. I remember that you, you, when we talked about this one time, you were very political about how you explained it. Oh, geez. Well, I don't remember verbatim, but I mean, <laughs> if you like people become criminals for a reason. I don't think most people start out in life wanting to sell dope in a trailer park. Like mm -hmm. eventually without education or opportunities, this is what happens. And they, it's funny and it's a cool show, but they always go go into jail and they talk to counselors and they like, you know, Julian has his big plans and dreams for starting businesses. But then those fail because they don't know what they're doing. But they also don't know what they're doing as criminals, so it's like they can't win. Well, I think part of what the discussion I'm referencing is that every time they get out of jail, like in this first episode, there's not really any type of like support system set up for them. So they immediately fall back into their own right. habits. Like The line that Ricky says is, oh, I mean, the counselor said it was society's fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he and was I in mean... jail for shooting dogs or attempting to shoot dogs <laughs> in the street. Which is fun. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, to be, I mean, I know people like this. This is what I would be if I didn't join the army and like go to school and get out of my hometown. Like, I, when I was born, my mom lived in a trailer park. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying I would be shooting dogs and selling dope, but I would be dope adjacent. <laughs> like, right. I would be, like, that world is hard to get out of. Once you're, you know, once you have a felony or you've been to jail, it's hard to get a job. You can't vote. You can't do shit. So you kind of are trapped in this cycle of, you know, like I'm in, trapped in a cycle of paying back student loans. These guys are trapped in a similar cycle. It's just not as comfortable. Right. And I mean, it's something that definitely comes up again and again and again throughout the series. I know Julian's various businesses that he tries to start are always thwarted, not really because he's dumb, because he's really portrayed as like the smartest character in he's the, show. the smart one yeah but they're they're diminished because he always has to start them in like some illegal fashion to get it off the ground yeah they have to sell a certain amount of drugs or rob a <laughs> store or take change from a movie theater or... right whatever or do extract an atm from the store in hilarious <laughs> fashion but it, i think the show really has more to say i guess the point i'm trying to get across is that i always thought the show had more to say than just being like a dumb stoner comedy and i think that's right what, that's what's cool about it because they are commenting on that cycle a lot of the time yeah i definitely i mean there are certainly your stoner audience members that don't see 
between the lines. But if you're looking for uh, societal commentary, it's there. So, a uh, quick question: Who is your favorite? Because there's a ton of characters introduced in this. If you had to just go by the pilot, if you were just watching this and you extracted your previous, you've seen the whole series, I've seen the whole series, if you forgot about that, what would be the character that intrigued you most upon their introduction? Because every character or set of characters gets like two minutes and then they kind of move on to the next, like, because they introduce so many people. I think just from the pilot, I would have to say Ricky because his personality is, like you said, it's fully formed. The character feels very real. I know guys like that. He's funny. Mm -hmm. um, I see a lot of myself in him, for better or worse. Mm -hmm. And I, re I relate to a guy like Ricky a lot. And so that's that's what I would say. How about you? It's. I think I would probably go... I mean, obviously, Ricky's the, the easy access point, and he's hilarious and everything. I really like Corey and Trevor, even in this first episode, just because they're... Mostly because they're playing Super Nintendo, <laughs> and I found that really funny. Um, and maybe again, it's maybe I can't separate it because they do play video games at like the worst times, like later on in the show. That's like their their thing that always screws screws them up. You know, Leahy would be interesting, but he's not he's not doing the drinking thing yet. Right. If he would have had a bottle of liquor with them, I would say Leahy uh, right. would be my second guy. But then again, that's not from the pilot. Leahy, so. Leahy at the beginning is a purely authoritative figure. And of course, right. he descends into madness, you know, <laughs> through, throughout everything else. But, you know, I also like J-Rock just in the pilot introduction because he is he's that community like uniting figure. He is the one that says like one for motherfucking all. Like he does his <laughs> yeah. his take on like the who, whoever those guys are. Who are the guys that say one for all, all for one? Uh, the three musketeers. Yeah, the three musketeers. Yeah, he does his like demented take on that. Like him and Tyrone, they get first off they get a lot of screen time, so you get to spend a lot of time with them. But second, it's like we all know a kid like. Um, uh, J Rock. So yeah, for sure. And I was until when I became an adult, I was more like Ricky. But as a teenager, um, I was pretty much living the J Rock life. That's I right. adapted that uh, persona to mask my insecurities. <laughs> uh, before we get so. before we get too deep into the into the uh, our episode time here, do you have any random notes you want to throw out there? Anything you want to talk about? Well, I would say it's kind of odd that uh, Julian, John Paul Tremblay's character, he never really gets that good at acting, does he? Like, they, he doesn't really do much acting. But <laughs> he you doesn't can improve. Even, even in interviews and, like, the live shows, they don't really go to him for much. He's just kind of like a figurehead, mm -hmm. like the smart guy, the, the guy that works out. Um, Always has who probably could make it out of the trailer park if it wasn't for Ricky and Bubbles and the other guys. Does his, like, always have a drink in his hand? Is that something yeah. that's in the first episode, or does he not have a drink in the first I episode? I don't think he had the, the whole episode, if at all. I don't. It certainly wasn't, like, as much of a factor as it is later where he always has it and, like, sets it on the dashboard of his car. <laughs> or is, like, in, in a gunfight with the drink in the other hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that they call jail con college. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. Yeah. That's like a common thing that Leahy and Cyrus said, I think, both in this episode. Um, Other than that, I don't have too much uh, random stuff. How about you? Jacob makes an appearance. Yeah, Jacob, who later kind of takes over when Trevor leaves in controversy. Yes, yes. Uh, Trevor does eventually leave the show, unfortunately. What, was it, wait, is it Corey or Trevor? 
Yeah, Trevor. Trevor leads the show. Um, But Jacob has this early appearance. Jacob is somebody who, like like Grimes says, takes over as more of a main character, or or at least an auxiliary character. But he must have worked on the show because he's in that... um, He's in that store scene. He's the clerk in the store who basically is in the hole for like 20 bucks because Ricky says that he's either going to take it or steal it. (laughs) (laughs) And then Cyrus takes something too, or he's going to take something. And uh, and then Jacob appears again in the scene where Julian's throwing all of Cyrus's stuff out of the park. It's a great scene. Yeah, he runs up and steals something along with like a bunch of other hood rats. So, I mean, I think he just, a lot of these people are really just people that worked on the show like trevor worked on the show for a really long time Corey worked on the show and they would just act in the show as well so it was it's probably one of the smallest productions you'll ever see for a show that ran for like eight seasons and it seems like it kind of kept with that small crew for the entire time yeah and a lot of them like uh ricky's father who we don't see but we hear getting drunk in this episode in real life i believe barry dunn is a lawyer i think randy also in real life is a lawyer really um a lot of the yeah because when i was reading up on the trevor controversy he was like yeah these lawyers know how to screw you over with bad contracts and such Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to see them play like such white trash and then like it's uh, it's and pretty then, cool show. Small crew, you know, yeah, kind of in house thing. Small crew, yeah, very in house thing. Uh, let's talk because we've mentioned the Trevor thing a couple times. So if you don't want to know like what happens with Trevor, I, we're not really going to spoil anything. This is more like real life stuff. You can back out now. But so Trevor eventually leaves the show in like season five or six, and he's a huge part of it. Him and Corey, who make make the appearance in this pilot, are playing video games, are living in Julian's trailer and trash it. So he left because they were still paying a minimum wage, right? Pretty much. like What the fuck? <laughs> like actor minimum wage. And I guess that was pretty common throughout most of those side characters. Uh-huh. Um, and he just got pissed and bounced. Well, him and Corey leave. Yeah, and then Corey comes back. Yeah, Corey comes back. Trevor never comes back, so they must have really pissed him off. But like, they were making basically minimum wage, at least actor minimum wage, and they were like a huge part of this super popular show. Right. So it is a little shady, and you know, I don't obviously like who knows, but um, it's hard for me to feel sorry. Like, I would much rather make actor minimum wage right now than whatever I make. Like, <laughs> even if I make more, like you're acting for a living. But right. it's easy to say that. Who knows? Well, let's let's talk about the end real quick. And also the the dad, Ricky's dad. I think that him being like super wasted, so Ricky won't go in his house. Like the, the whole <laughs> joke is the dad's so wasted that Ricky won't even go in there to stay. And you just hear like all this commotion. I assume that's because they didn't cast the dad yet so that's like yeah, a really a really good trick of just like avoiding it uh, but let's talk about the ending because this sets up kind of the emotional thread of the show we have ricky who has no place to stay as he does for a lot of the show and he stays in julian's car basically for that first night and he says i want you out of there in two days no more than two weeks i promise <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's what ricky responds with which is great so we have ricky at the end living in julian's car in his part in his lot there and Julian being the one that has a house that seems like the responsible one. But, there, I mean, there's some emotional thread set up between those two, considering that he's the only one that would let him stay. Yeah, I mean, Ricky does spend most of the series living in a car. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was nice to see in Julian's whole speech about, like, with Cyrus and uh, 
puts the gun up to his face. He's like, pull the trigger, pull the trigger. Of course he doesn't. Then he kind of talks Cyrus down. He leaves. Um, they all, but yeah, that they was kind funny. Of, they all kind of celebrate. And again, you see that community aspect. But I don't know. I think the friendship between those two, I wouldn't say it's a bad role model. I, I think that they love they have loved each other for a long time they've always lived in that trailer park we find out and there's like so there's like this deep there's this deep friendship that carries on throughout the show where neither will ever really abandon the other despite how much like they say they will and they hate each other (laughs) they blame each other a lot they don't really hang out in jail they get mad i guess that's their cooling off time and then they go back to the park and mend their fences and whatnot but um i always thought yeah there is some heart to the show i always thought it was an admirable relationship at least so Let's uh so I think that's about all the time we have for Trailer Park Boys, huh? Yeah, we actually went a little bit over. Fuck. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's tease our next month. So next month we are doing another theme month and we will be doing superhero month. And this is in honor of Daredevil coming back to Netflix for its very anticipated second season. So we wanted to take this opportunity to do some superhero shows. Grimes, you are not a big superhero fan, so this should be interesting. Not because I don't like it, just because of lack of exposure and knowledge of comics. I have nothing against it. I, I just saw Deadpool. I loved it. All I love Batman, so I got no beef. No, I don't want to hear it. But <laughs> <laughs> So we'll try to bounce. We might do one cartoon or toss a cartoon in there. We might do a couple live actions. We'll do Daredevil at some point uh, when we're getting closer to the premiere. But that will be our whole march. And, of course, as you saw when we tossed in 11-22-63, we'll be randomly kind of tossing in some of those newer shows that are either getting a lot of publicity or are worthy of talk in some way so no we will not be doing fuller house because that thing's a piece of garbage (laughs) so don't ask don't ask don't suggest it we don't want to do it maybe someday when it's like a cautionary tale or like when um we just run out of ideas somebody finds some like (laughs) hidden like really weird meaning in it then we'll talk about it and also, just one more thing about Trailer Park Boys, if you are a fan or want to get into the series, yes. a new season is hitting Netflix this month as well, so look out for that. And we forgot to do title talk, so let's do title talk real quick. So the title sequence is, I don't know, a pretty famous one to me, maybe because I've watched so many episodes, but it's like the sepia tone, really calm, really calm type music. I think it's piano, right? It's like some yeah, kind it's of It's just piano and nice still shots of the park. and Right. It makes the park look like this kind of um, very classic, I don't want to say like it's an Old West like tone in terms of the, the visuals, but in terms of how they present it, it's almost like it's a wonderful lifestyle town presentation. Like it's a yes. very, very nice presentation. And of course it's to mask, mask the chaos, the incoming chaos of every episode. It's a good opening sequence. Um, so we're going to, of course, leave you with a preview of next week. It will be our first in Superhero Month. And, uh, yeah, so let's do some plugs real quick. Pilot Study Pod on Twitter and Chris Lantinen, C-H-R-I-S-L-A-N-T-I-N-E-N on Twitter for me, Grimes. Underscore Grimes John. I've reached out to the actual Grimes John without the underscore, and he has not replied. So i, I got to hit Fuck. the underscore. Dick. What? Does, <laughs> does he know you host this podcast? obviously not and that you're famous <laughs> he's fuck? gonna know i'm also not pop star grimes for anybody wondering i wish i was as talented as her but that's not me we could tell by your voice that you're not pop star grimes hey you never know all right well let's leave you let's leave you with this preview and we'll talk to you soon when you never know what you're gonna talk about but the
And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Next time on Pilot Study. Come on, come on! Metal Fiend. Stand back, citizen! So, Vending Menace, we meet again. Jiggle thing. Bandit. Empty your bladder of that bitter black urine men call coffee! It has its price and that price has been paid! Huh. <clears throat> Java Devil, you are now my bitch. Well, here you are, weary traveler, one steaming hot cup of justice. No need to thank me, it's my sworn duty to defend this bus station against the ravages of evil.